One Man Revolution, Volume 4, Episode 6. We're back! Back again, back on a Friday night, live from the bunker and around the world. It is the One Man Revolution Podcast. I am your host, The Revolutionary, and I'm joined by... The Comrade. And... The Canadian. And... The Thespian. And... And the Pragmatist. Ah, yes. It has been 36 and a half days since the current regime has taken power. And this week... I'm a little upset with what has happened. Mm. And uh, Iowa Shotgun because of the uh, opening of the show. So. Ah! Ah! It's a good start. It was. Uh, well, it attacked. Oh, yeah, they do that sometimes. Well, while the revolutionary pays his dues, um, I am drinking a tequila drink just because I felt like it. Uh, Canadian, what do you got going on? Isn't that a song? A tequila drink and a scotch drink. And it's a whiskey drink. To him? Yeah, a whiskey drink. I I am drinking a uh, pure leaf cold brew tea, unsweetened pure black tea. Um, Good tea. That's a lot of words to just say black tea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's actually not too bad for unsweetened tea. It's pretty good. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not drinking alcohol today. So don't make me go there. Well, I uh, have a PBR from the kindness of the comrade uh, because I am low on my Coors Lights, so I am starting with the Tallboy. Pabst Blue Ribbon. The Blue Ribbon Beer. And uh, Pragmatist. I got a Smog City Quarantine Machine IPA. Ooh. Nice. with, With overtones of tangerine... Candied lime peel and gummy bears. Six point six. I was with you until the gummy bears. Yeah, that I, I haven't tasted it yet. I was actually drawn in so. at the gummy bears. What? Yeah, <laughs> I thought you might like it. It's like, you know, I didn't learn till years later that wine coolers were, you know, meant for teenage girls. <laughs> that's, that's who they were marketed. Hi, I'm John Bartles, and this is my friend Dick James. <clears throat> yes. I don't see oh. what's so wrong with the Mike's Hard Lemonade. Is it complex? This, it's good. It's good. It hit one way and then it changed. <laughs> nice. uh, so like I guess that girls. would be the, that is the definition of complex, right? Exactly. I did the official uh, shotgun beer of the One Man Revolution. I shotgunned the Gunner from Sideward Brewing. It is a light. It is a light lager. Uh, it's an and enjoyable shotgun. It is an enjoyable shotgun. <laughs> and I will be drinking for the rest of the first half some of my home-brewed uh, mint and ginger tea. Yeah, oh. Since I already shotgunned uh, a full beer. And uh, and uh, this was filled with uh, with uh, San Pellegrino lemon uh, lemon soda and vodka. Delicious. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, nice. So does, does San Pellegrino bother anybody else's internal... Uh, no, I'm lucky. No, San I, I, it, it one one can of San Pellegrino will send me 
to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. And, and clean out my insides pretty well. Oh my! That's good to know. So uh, I have to be careful. I will not be serving those to you then. <laughs> no, I won't be drinking them either. Unless that all that, that's all there is. Well, if I was making a punch. I need to know yeah. these things because if I make yeah, some kind of a punch when when we are all able to get back together, you know, sometime hopefully in the yeah. future. It, I'm, yeah. allergic, I'm allergic to any punch ingredients that don't include alcohol. Uh, the alcohol sanitizes everything, so it should be fine. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I can drink other ones, you know, Perrier or any of those don't bother me. Uh, it's pronounced Perrier. Um, per, <laughs> it's not Perrier, which is Perrier. Perrier. But, I had someone uh, who tried to correct me on that one time. will tell you you are wrong, even if you pronounce it correctly. Yes, so yes. Try Perrier. <laughs> like peach, peach DA and grape Kool-Aid. Always, <laughs> always a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just add the Kool-Aid mix right to the PGA and boom. Nice. <laughs> well, it is, like I said at the top of the show, I am a bit upset this week with what is going on with our government. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, some of the things that are happening within, uh, legislation, one of the things that really kind of, kind of peeved me a little bit was the abandonment by the, uh, democratic side of the, of the, of the house and Senate, actually the Senate had a ruling from their parliamentarian that said, uh, the $15 per hour wage increase that was being included inside the $1.9 trillion, that's a lot of money, trillion dollar uh, uh, COVID pandemic response plan. I don't know what they're, what they're calling the it. Relief, relief package. Ah, the relief package. There you go. Uh, that giving people a living wage uh, needed to stop because it was not able to be added in legally into this omnibus style of legislation. Be careful with the word legally. Well, uh, po- because it's it's a rule, not a law. Yeah. So procedurally. Procedurally. That's the better one, can, pragmatist. You can overrule the procedures. It could There's be done. Procedures for that. You're right. And I and I think that, that that right there is that type of concession that is being allowed to be made because no one is making a big deal of it on the on the Democratic side. You know, the Republicans are like, of course you wouldn't want to have that in there. You know, good old, good old bitch McConnell. But um, it, it's driving me a little bit mad because this is one of the things that is listed by President Biden as, a, as one of the things that he got elected upon. So unless this is added as a separate piece of legislation to be voted on separately, which is what they would need to do in some type of a way of giving people better salaries, uh the $15 an hour minimum wage is, is dead currently. Go ahead, comrade. So uh, just just to clarify, are we mad that it, it's not allowed to be included or are we mad that the Democrats don't seem to care? I'm mad because the Democrats don't seem to care. That's, okay. that's the part I'm mad about because these okay. people have the House mm-hmm. and they have a 51% majority in the mm-hmm. Senate, mm-hmm. meaning that they have – and they have the presidency and the vice presidency. They have everything. So if what they I was don't gonna say is I am very okay with it having to be a separate piece of legislation. I, I don't think that's a bad thing because yeah. when you start tying every piece of legislation into your budget, then you don't have a functioning Senate. Right. Right. Like like at that point our Congress has ceased to do the job the way it's supposed to do the job. And and to be fair, 
it hasn't done its job the way it's supposed to do its job since at least 2010. Uh the current, and I'll let you go in a second, Canadian, the current minimum wage has been the same minimum wage for uh, 20 years? More. But more yeah, than 20 that, years. That's not, that's not the point I'm discussing. That is a whole separate issue. That, but what I'm talking about specifically is the issue with how our Congress functions. Well, it doesn't function. It, it doesn't right, function at all. to say it does not function. Right. Canadian. Ca- Canadian. So the reason why it doesn't function is the filibuster. Correct. That's solely the reason why it doesn't function. It, I, I would agree. The reason why we have to stuff all this legislation into these weird procedural things mm-hmm. is like this reconciliation bill that can only be financial things. And like they were putting it in as well. If we raise minimum wage, we'll raise more taxes. That's better for everybody. And they said, yeah, it's not going. But the, the, the reason we have to do that is because if you put up a straight minimum wage bill, it won't pass. It'll get fill. It won't even come for a vote. It'll get filibustered yeah. by forty senators who make up uh, represent so, twenty one who make, represent twenty one percent of the U.S. population. Right. I, okay. So here's my question in that regard. Uh, filib- the, the the I know that they changed the way in which a filibuster works, but is there not uh, like like a concrete amount of time in which you can only filibuster for so long? Nope. Well, the current filibuster rules changed. So what we're, where we're at today, it has very little to do with actually standing on the floor and filibustering. You just say, I'm, we're filibustering. And, and I, I, I posted something just before the last, the last uh, thing. Last week's show. Right. Um, and, and it goes to the history. And the filibuster came yeah. about because Aaron Burr was lazy. Right. No, that I remember. But what I'm and, talking about specifically in modern context. I, I'm, I'm getting there. So, okay, okay, so that's okay. why we have it. And and eventually it shut down absolutely everything because it was one senator could object and everything would stop. Right. So they put in the two-thirds rule um, to try to rein it in. And at that time, nothing else happened in the Senate while there was a filibuster because mm-hmm. the floor was taken up. Mm-hmm. But you didn't actually have to stand there. You just had to object. Yeah. And, and then in the 70s, that got to be kind of a problem. So they said, well, we'll, we'll with the agreement of everybody, on both the leaders of both sides will allow a second track for business issues while somebody filibusters. Mm. And that essentially caused the Senate to say, yeah, well, we, we'll just, that thing's dead. We'll just move on. So there's no consequence to the filibuster if you're in the minority. It's like, yeah, filibuster everything. That's yep. what Mr. McConnell found out. Right. And so yep. – in its current form, if you are in the minority, and if you your minority represents small unpopulated states in the Senate, you it's not a 60-40-60% of the population is, you know, is for and 40% is against. You have 21% of the U.S. population, those senators can filibuster. So 80% of the people may be for something, and they still may fail. Yeah, because twenty one percent or seventy nine percent, maybe before twenty one percent are against, and that just causes gridlock because a handful of states don't, you know, they don't want it. I I think there should be, and we talk of pie in the sky solutions here because we know that the Senate will never abolish the filibuster. I think that for every amount of time like there should be like a, a time scale for all legislation there should be a finite amount oh, you mean like the sunset laws uh, that the what, state of florida has 
No, because that that's how long a law that has been passed stays valid. I'm talking about a piece of legislation like there there is at some point it is either completely dead or a vote must happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So so I I I would be happy if there was a vote mm-hmm. to up or down this piece of legislation, yeah. right? So right. instead of a filibuster where the debate doesn't end, mm-hmm. say, okay, it takes 60% of the, the Senate to agree to vote on this. Yeah. And and it may accomplish the same thing, but then people are on record voting against something. Yep. They're, they're voting against moving forward for a vote. So, right? so you're looking for accountability in the Senate. Absolutely. And, and that's, I am. Good and luck I, with that. Yeah. I, actually think, I actually think you could keep the filibuster if you if you made it so that the floor was blocked and had yeah. to be occupied by more people on the opposing side than so in other words if you if you had you have to have get 40 40 senators for Republicans occupying the Senate chamber all the time to keep the floor right so so in other words they have to keep their two-thirds majority if there's got 10 people in there and the democrats come in with 60 then boom there's a vote and it's all over so they've got to keep mm-hmm. their 40 there right yeah and if, if you made those kind of rules filibusters if you were well, passionate about not passing 15 dollars an hour yeah you'd, you'd put up with it you could put up with that all day yes but marco see. rubio and uh and, and rick scott <laughs> wouldn't sit in the senate i mean marco rubio it was literally the least attended uh senator exactly. what, there's what a lot of senators who aren't there and yeah. then we have a vote and it passes yeah, yeah. well it, what i was going to say is is it should not be straight up like 60 votes versus 40 votes it should be 60% of whoever's present at the time of the vote. Uh, that's that's what that's right. what it is. That's is exactly it? what it is. That's exactly oh, okay. what it is. All right. All right. Cuz we talk about 60/40 and and I assumed that was literal. I guess it isn't. But the um, votes happen virtually. They're announced it's 48 hours we're going to have this vote. Right. Right. And I think if you if the closure motion is put forward and no and you don't want to close, yeah. you stay there. Yeah. Until until you get more people saying no, you know, voting against it, right? Right. I mean, I like the idea of making it so stupid that at some point everyone, even even those who disagree with the bill, would be like, "Yo, shut up, sit down, let's have a vote, let's move right. on." But so as it stands, it's not it's not to to vote on the legislation; it's to whether or not we should vote on the legislation. Right. It's the vote before the vote. But as it stands right now, in the reality of what we're doing, we are being held hostage. By Kentucky, Alabama, and Florida, North Florida, Dakota. North Dakota, Mississippi. Yep. I mean, all of these, you know, mm-hmm. senators in low. Now, I wasn't. I was leaving Florida out of that because I wanted low population states. Fair. <laughs> right. So these low, like Montana, were being held yeah. hostage I, I by know, Montana, Montana, North Dakota, South right. Dakota, and, Be, because and because they don't of- because they don't believe that $15 an hour is a wage that people should have at all. Right. Right. You know, $15 an hour to a corporation is not that big. And the Canadian and I were talking before the show, and I said back in the in the late 80s, uh, in the mid-80s, uh, during the Reagan administration, there were economic opportunity zones that were put forward so that higher, so that corporations would hire people from economically depressed areas. Now, those economic zones were brought back over and over again, but the idea was that the government would give you back the, the money that you paid up to a certain amount or up to a certain percentage, 
in a tax credit to the yeah. company. That's, so that's exactly what I was going to ask you: is how do yeah. you feel about? Um, so, so a, a resident of mine, small business owner, hates the idea. Of course he does. Of course they do, um, because he can't afford it. And and his argument, but he can't afford it. Yeah. Well, no. Well, his his argument from the perspective of he has six employees. Good. He does not pay them very much because that's his business structure. His argument is that it, he, if he has a client that can't afford a cost increase because of the cost of wage increase, but there is no increase. Business, you're right? you're reducing profit. In most cases, you're reducing profit. Right. Restaurants. Not- restaurants are the biggest ones. And by the way, restaurants have not been included in any of this legislation. And I think yeah. they should be. Well, what, what, yeah. what I was trying to get to is this is remarkably complicated. And it's not. Biggest- it's simple, well, comrade. Listen to the comrade. But go ahead. But go ahead. If it was legislated, it would be simple. Go ahead. It's remarkably complicated because you do have a large number of employers who operate on very small margins, and they cannot maintain their business if those margins vanish due to an increased cost of labor, right? That's a fact, right? Get one way or the other. It's a fact. Either, either, no, no, either their costs go up or they lose their profit margin. And, and in a business, you, you have to maintain a specific amount of profit margin for the business to make sense to maintain. So that being said, the vast majority of the issue here has nothing to do with the small business owner. It's not the 10-person restaurant. It's not the small bar or the landscaping business. It's Amazon. It's Pfizer. It's Microsoft. It's, it's the major corporations with thousands and thousands of employees who oh – right, who, who, uh, who absolutely take advantage of a broken system designed to maintain a poverty wage with their employees. So to the revolutionary's point, you're saying a subsidy in, term, in form of a tax credit to the companies that employ certain people. Well, what if we apply that to uh, companies of a certain size? Sure. You know, and, and get, you get a blanket waiver on, on increase in tax, uh, tax uh, a payroll tax if you have less than 20 employees. Like, fine, you don't pay any more than a certain amount of money. Canadian. I, I'm kind of against all of that. <laughs> um, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a genius. This is just where my brain is. I was stop gapping it until we got to the point where the companies would get used to paying the money. You make it for five or seven years so that they can get there. I've talked to uh, ad hoc to small business people and the reaction is, is always the same. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to cost me money. Yeah. And here's a guy who's making a million dollars a year doing shipping wood. This is a guy I talked to at a pizza place about, Mm -hmm. about uh, healthcare. And he's like, I can't afford it. Right. Because that's going to cost me $200,000 to my employees. And it's like, yeah, but you're making a million. It's like, oh, well, that's my money. And it's like, no, you are the, that's your cost of doing business. Yeah, it's going to change and that's going to suck for you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're not going out of business. You're just making less money. Right. And the second point about living wage is the person making $7.25 an hour mm-hmm. is getting government food subsidies, is getting government housing yes. subsidies. Yes. And yep. the business, the business itself is not solvent without those subsidies and should go out of business. 
Fair. or find a better business. They're bad business people as far as yep. I'm concerned. Yep. If they yeah, can't uh, pay you know, people enough. Pragmatist. You know, Walmart, Walmart trains their employees on how to use the system mm-hmm. for welfare, for health insurance, right. that yeah. kind of thing. It, McDonald's in their hiring thing says, yeah, you're going to work here. This is how much you're going to make. When you go to your second job and work half time, you're going to make this extra much. And then it adds up. That's how you do it. You get to save like $10 a month. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, right, we're talking about the major corporations with thousands of, of employees. Those are the ones perpetuating the system. Those are the ones taking full advantage of the corporate socialism that our government has created. But yeah, and, and small business owners do it, too. If we had that $15 an hour wage already, right. his prices would have increased a little bit. But right. I bet there's some slop in there to keep competitive. Sure. And and he wouldn't be complaining about now it. Uh, to to, your, to a point you made earlier, Canadian. There are bad business people. There are people who are just bad at business. Um, I firmly believe this particular individual is in that category. And and this is an anecdotal piece of evidence because <laughs> it's one person, one story, one one concern he had. Um, but I, I I think the adjustment period is the hard part. It, it just, just like with every, you know, like the green new deal or any other form of, of new legislation where we're changing the way in which the actual core process operates, the upfront cost will be very high. It, it, it has to be, there's no way to avoid biting the bullet up front. And the government the, and the government should mm-hmm. b- free that burden up on those companies yes. for a specific oh. amount of time. But yeah. They, that's, that's some ways. In some ways, they are because it's not yeah. like pass the legislation tomorrow. It's fifty bucks an hour. No. You're golden. It's, it's incremental. It goes up a buck a year. That's yep. the way they're getting around it. It's not. Yep. An, it's not an automatic cost. It, it. It. The first jump is twice or something the first year, and then mm-hmm. a buck a year after that. Yeah. So companies have a time to adapt their pricing model and their thing mm-hmm. to deal with it. And I. I mean, that's that's kind of what they're doing. They're phasing it in. Well, Papa yeah, John's. Yeah, hold yeah, on. Uh, the thespian had something. Yes. Sorry, well, I didn't see that. To, to go, I'm sorry, my hand blends in with my, <laughs> um, but uh, no, so with, with that point, just thinking of the uh, independent coffee shop I used to work for, mm-hmm. um, I worked for them for like four years and I made the same, uh, I was minimum wage. And then he, he was like, I'm giving you a raise. And he put me up to seven to $8. Ooh, a raise. In four years, mm-hmm. and that was it. And but the tips were also that's how we really made our money. Honestly, I feel like um, he would have a a tough time trying to figure out how to actually pay all of his employees fifteen mm-hmm. an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to stay in business, you would do it. Then ten. Yeah. Then you know, I, I, he's just not good. At, yeah, not, but, but pra- pra- pragmatist was first. The, the pragmatist oh, did his hand up. <laughs> oh, well, well, just his hand as a blends side, into the, the wall the, behind him. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The, the, the tip concept is a leftover remnant of prohibition. Yeah. yeah. And it was how, uh, em, how employers would compensate their employees uh, when they were no longer able to sell alcohol and, right. and could afford to pay them. So I think that system needs to be abolished, uh, and you need to pay a living wage to anyone in the service industry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Imagine if <clears throat> instead of people buying a $4 coffee and a $2 tip, they paid $6 for coffee. Or five. Yeah. 
or five. Yeah. But anyway, that pays for the the, the Mm -hmm. wage increase that you're now paying your employee Mm -hmm. and they know how much money they're going to make. But the employee and this is the this is the argument that the that the tip employee makes. uh, You're taking away my ability to make unlimited money. Yeah. And and the answer to that is uh, yes and no, because people will always tip for better service. So you're saying, look, our, 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 I mean, I, I owned a bar in the 90s and I paid a living wage to my employees. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, I paid yeah. them what I, what, because it was, I was independent. I, I paid my, 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 my staff what, what I wanted to pay them. And then people tipped them. And did I go, hey, what'd you make in tips today? You need to share that with the bar. No, I did not. Everyone, you know, the, the, the bus boy and the, and the server, they both got, you know, the same, the same base wage. And then if the servers got more in tips, that that was up to them if they wanted to tip out the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, come so on. I, yeah, I mean, and, and to, to the point of the tip culture in general, like the, the idea of incentivized pay, I appreciate, especially in a in a capitalist free market society. You know, like the more money you generate for the, rev- the business, the more money you should be making. Um, but But to use that as the justification for paying less than you should be for the skills of your employees with the expectation that you'll earn back the difference with the compensation. That's not the point. The point is I should be for my skill set paid a fair wage. And then if I'm generating more business, more money for the business, I should be compensated for that increase in revenue, not the increase in revenue, making up the difference in what I'm not getting paid. And these are the people that, that were making more during the pandemic by not working. That exactly. they were getting paid, yes. they were getting paid unemployment, which paid them out as if they were making an actual seven dollar and thirty. What is it? Seven thirty-five? Seven eighty-five? No. Seven thirty-five. Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. That's unfathomable. It is, but no, that's that, but federal. That's wage. federal. The Florida yeah. one is slightly higher. It's the eight, Florida eight one is change. like seven eighty-seven. Seven eighty-seven. Yes. Is it? Oh. So the point is. Is that they were getting paid out, but Florida, Florida unemployment was not paying anybody uh, to get through the Florida unemployment system was ridiculous. But these people and and there were owners of companies that were like, I how am I going to attract people to come back when they're going to come back and work for the 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 two dollars and thirty seven cents an hour that I'm paying them when they're not making tips? Yeah, right. Right. I mean, well, and I so mean, and so because when you're open and you're only doing carry out, there's none of that experience of sitting in there. So there was an entire six or eight months where I was hearing this from some of my friends who are in the industry going, oh, well, you know, it's going to be hard to get people back. And it's like, yes, it is. You should cons- reconsider your model of how you're paying your people. Exactly. And, and, and to that point, like, uh, my manager and I were discussing the the fifteen dollar an hour increase. Um, ba- basically, uh, I, I worked in the industry I've been in for a long time. We are criminally underpaid. Um, my earning potential is very high in the right circumstances. I basically doubled my income one year in sales, but I was making thirteen dollars an hour. Yeah, um, I'm making a little bit more than that now, but not significantly so. And my manager was mad about this concept of a $15 an hour wage because she's like, you've worked so hard to get more than 15 an hour. I'm like, yeah, I have, but that's bullshit that I had to work as hard as I did. It's absolute horse shit that I've been doing this crap for seven years. I can do an entire property manager's job plus the sales plus everything else. And I'm not being compensated for my skill set. That's a problem. But you're not salty over it, which is very good. Oh, I've been salty about it for years. Um, (laughs) 
I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. But 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 what I'm getting at is like that extends well beyond me. That extends yeah. to the people above me as well. My company cannot hire good people because they refuse to pay the wages you need to pay for good people. And then they sit there and they're flabbergasted as to why they can't fill positions in the company. It's like, well, <laughs> one yeah. plus one equals two. Pay for the skills you need, and well, you'll keep the people you want. Well, Sherry in the chat has has made a couple of pretty good points, and both of them mm-hmm. are, you know, if you can't afford to pay people a living wage, then honestly, you probably should think about getting out of that business. Yep. And then, hooray, Florida! Yeah. Sarcasm. You know, sarcasm. So, uh, so I, I, do, I do have a, an interesting question, kind of uh, along the lines of what I was just discussing. What happens when you have an industry that kind of collectively like the companies in an industry kind of collectively agree uh, on a certain wage model that isn't a fair wage rate but the company the employee pools are so small there's no such thing as an organization there's no such thing as a union outside of like a statewide model like like how how do we fix that because it's such a weird oh how do you fix it without collective bargaining fix that without everyone in the industry all getting together and unionizing Right, like I don't see any other solution besides that. Like, how do you fix that problem? Find another industry. <laughs> well, right, <laughs> right, and, and, and I'm doing that. But no, well, but, uh, but I mean that that in that's, general, right? That there, there are places. I mean, I come from a completely different experience, but some of right. the problems are the same. Where they don't, they want a lot of experience and capability, but they don't want to pay. Yeah, I work for the state. So, what happens (laughs) is you get people who don't have any of that and don't know Mm -hmm. what they're, and just bring bad experience and exposure. Right. My cat's scratching me. Um, And and the result is that you've got a workforce, even if you decided, oh, we have to pay more, that nobody wants to work with. Mm -hmm. And so, and so you get you get turnover. People come in, they say this is bullshit, and but, they leave. Yeah. And by the flip side, like the, the the skilled individuals who understand what they're worth and know that they're not getting paid for it, where do you go? Other states, you know. But well, so but but you've got you've got. I mean, I you just generically right. You develop a set of skill sets, and yeah, I can't work in this industry, but there's other industries that use those skill sets. Right. The gen, in your case, the general management, the general sales, sure. the gen, all of those skills are applicable mm-hmm. to hospital administration and you know, right. insurance, and you, you just you find another opportunity that uses yeah. those those skills. Yeah. And that's not easy, but no. Well, and and I'm I'm speaking from a lot from personal experience because this is a trap I've been trying to dig myself out of for a little while now. Um, Basically, if you change industry like that, right, as hard as you've worked for as long as you have in your industry to earn the pay you have earned, if you change industry, that resets. Even even if you have that skill set, you know, like sometimes it resets to a different different bar. Yeah, to a different baseline. Go from being go from being an hourly person to be a salaried person with all the benefits of a salaried person as steady income. Yeah, fair. That kind of thing. Thespian. I put my hand in front of my shirt to make it easier to tell. Um, So uh, yeah, I. Interestingly enough, um, I went from having three jobs to having one. And the ability to do that was because they paid me well above a living wage. And I was very lucky. 
getting that mm. position. But I had, I literally had five, five W-2s <laughs> last year. <laughs> One, two, three, I, five. I usually, I usually have about 12 yeah. or and more. And W-2s or 1099s? W-2s. Yeah. Wow. That's in. <laughs> Like it's welcome to the movie industry. Okay, right. I also have ten. Also so, have ten ninety nines and and a schedule. Okay, C yes. Okay, okay, okay. We're not getting into the tax thing, but <laughs> but it with those season. three jobs, with those three jobs, I was just barely able to make my my bills bills and right. feed myself. Mm-hmm. Like being able to even work less hours with just making that adjustment, knowing how to live so freaking poor that having a little bit of extra money, I can still live like poor, but I can actually finally put money in the bank. Like I can save, I can save it and have an emergency fund. And I've never been able to do that before. And it was only because I was paid a living wage. But this and I was is able to spend more time at my house and do house thing. Well, I don't know. Uh, have take care of a hedge. Do pet sitting. Whatever. It's fun. Uh, have hobbies. <laughs> have play video games. Do have a life instead of working twenty four seven. Quite literally twenty four seven. It was never a day off. But we have a culture in the United States that basically says. If you're if you don't have a 40 hour a week job where you wake up in the morning, go into a job and then come home at night unhappy with the job that you have and the wage that you're paid and the boss and the people around you, you are not employed. And if you take a vacation, you're lucky to take a week. You're lucky to take two vacations a year of a week. And you should be kissing your employer's feet if they give you more than, you know, 14 days worth of vacation. Whereas all other civilized countries in the world understand that people need time where they are not working. So the different, the new models in quotes of the four 10 hour days or where, where there's your 40 hours or the pandemic has really created a wondrous opportunity for a lot of companies to understand sure. that you don't need people to be in a building. And a lot of companies are like, look, hey, our customer service people will pay for their internet, stay at home, we'll go ahead and you know pay for your internet, and you can work the hours because we can see you're doing the job, you t- took X number of calls, congratulations, here's your check. You know, and the uh, the the just real fast, the company yeah. overhead has plummeted. Plummeted because you don't have to maintain a warehouse full of internet and, and network uh, connections and all the other crap. Yeah, it, it it's and and on top of that, all the all the uh, environmental benefits. Anyway, yeah, that's me. That's me. There's no reason point. to think. You know. Oh, go ahead, Pragmatist. Sorry, go ahead. sorry, uh, just really quick. Oh, okay, my final point with it, uh, because they are paying me a living wage, I was already more willing to put forth the ep- like good effort, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, if anybody, 
getting hired, knowing that they are going to be paid that much, I feel as though would actually coming from where we are now, hmm. that first wave of people getting paid better would go in with the expectations of I'm going to try and, you know, work this because this is now worth it. Okay. Pragmatist. Pragmatist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a couple of things. Uh, talking about this new paradigm where everybody's working from home, there's no reason to think that that's going to shift back. Uh, I think it's I think it's a it's a full shift that's already been made, and a lot of companies are realizing they don't need a place where everyone has to come in. And and as far as wages go, um, I work a lot harder for people who pay me what I'm worth than for people who try to lowball me. I just it just incentivizes me if you pay me what I'm worth. But pragmatists, pragmatists, you know, we we both have been in our careers for for a significant amount of time, and we can do that. There are people yes. who I, I'm teaching a class right now with students, and then I'll let you all in. That these students are are entering the job market, and they're saying, "How do we how do we negotiate that first that that first job? How do we negotiate that first salary?" And I said, "Well, walk in, slap it on the counter, and say this is what I want." And if the company says, "Well, you don't get that," then guess what? You can you have a decision to make, and then it's on you whether or not you can take that. And they go, but you know, my daughter. Yeah, yeah good. My daughter graduated uh, back in June, and she she's a nutritionist, a certified nutritionist, and she went into her first job. The first person offered her seventy to start, and then it wasn't where she wanted to work. So the next job they offered her fifty five, and this was her first job. She goes, no. I want 62. <laughs> See? I want 62 yeah. because I was offered 70 over here. Nice. And this is great for a kid right out of college to go, no, I'm not going to work for 55000 I want 62000 And I, awesome. I've had years where I've gone, I wish I could get 62000 <laughs> Know your worth that's and you'll get paid what it. I, that's double what I made last year with all five of my W-2. <laughs> so yeah. the point I wanted well, to I'm make. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. The, the point I wanted to make about, about this $15 an hour minimum wage, and it's the most important point, I think, about all of this, is it, it, it puts the impetus on employers to create a good work environment because you, you can't treat people like garbage and expect them to stick around because there's nowhere else for them to go. If everywhere is guaranteed to give them a living wage and you treat your employees like trash, they're just going to peace out and find another job that pays exactly the same amount of money. And and yep. that's and the, the most important thing about all of this is putting more power in the working people's hands and taking it away from the employers. The issue we have right now with wages, with cost of living, with all this stuff is because there's a huge gap in power between employers and employees. And I used to I used to firmly believe that we did not have an economy that required unions anymore. I have completely changed my mind on that. Employee, employers <laughs> abuse the shit out of their employees and they do it and they do it in ways that are so sinister and so simple. Like that whole HR says, don't talk about how much you get paid. Fuck that. Tell everyone how much you get paid. Do Find right out how everyone else gets paid. And if everyone knows how much everyone else is making, the company's on a, uh, up against the ropes because all, all of a sudden half their workforce is pissed off. Thank you, Strike. <laughs> I got him. I was going to make him. This one is the. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have strikes in uh, front of you. Good man. Yes, he's ready. Uh, Canadian. He, he had his hand up. 
This is the yeah, night. I, I, my my first thing was going to be I was going to ask uh, the comrade. Do 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 what to people that don't allow you to talk to your salaries? <laughs> Just to remind him that he is right. Um, the <laughs> the the now I've lost my track, but it was about ah. minimum wage, fifteen dollars an hour, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Working the, hard and and powers and employees. Powered and employees. That was it. The 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 no company hires a person just to give them a job. Nope. No. Right. They're there because they're earning money off of that person. Yep. And if you're if you can get away with earning more money because you're paying them less, you, companies are going to do that. There's there's companies that don't want a minimum wage. Just let the free market decide how much people get paid because they know they can go low and still get people to work because people have to feed themselves. Right. So so the minimum wage raises the floor for employees, like you says, and and makes them. Uh, have a bigger stake, have have more confidence, and have the ability to find a better, uh, better job if the <laughs> employer is sucky. And it's it's totally true. Yep, pragmatist. Absolutely. Uh, in, 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 yes, uh, in in my business, um, the right to work thing has been the biggest nemesis uh, to our union. And in Florida, for example, where some of you may live. Uh, you can be you. You cannot be uh, denied union employment just because you're not a member, and you don't have to be a member. So you don't have to be a member of the union in order to do the union work. But if you're a union member, you can't do the non-union work without being penalized by the union. That right. is so. So specifically, it's, it means, why I chose not to pursue going into the union. That is specific. Right. Well, but but without the union, you wouldn't be getting paid the wages you're getting when you work. <laughs> right. Because the union is the one that negotiates with producers. So oftentimes they will entice you to work non-union, no protections, like, you know, good luck if, if they decide to not pay you. Good luck. Nobody's going to help you. And, of course, that doesn't really matter anyway, anyway. You ever heard uh, of Mad Cow Theater? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've done a show in Mad Cow Theater. So, oh, so I, many. I had to make I had to make the producer pay me. That was that was man's dominion, if I remember Dang. correctly. It was. It was <laughs> a wonderful okay. one one but, person. But I, I was just I was just just glomming on to say that unions is what we need, and if we get a minimum wage, that still means most people most employers are not going to pay over minimum wage. Remember, you're going to have to you have to negotiate together. You can still abuse your employees. It, regardless of the amount of money you're paying them. Right. I mean, uh, I think that that's the part that people don't realize. The federal government's minimum wage only says that this is the minimum amount that you can pay someone and not get in trouble with the government. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's what minimum wage means. And I always found that uh, uh, funny but sad at the same time. Yeah, minimum is just minimum. It's just minimum. So when someone not, says not put the expectation or the standard, right, it's and, the and lowest possible. And so the people who are farmers out in the middle of Iowa, I'm going to use Iowa as an example because we have the Canadian here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you have a farmer out there. Do they want to pay their their uh, people on the farm fifteen dollars an hour? I mean, it eats into their profits. You, you, I just, you don't, I, but that's you don't, the thing. I wonder what they actually pay them because you, you don't have to pay your kids that. Yep. Yeah. 
That's why you have big families out in That's out on the why farms. They have big family farms and corporate farms. They do pay them well because they work them hard. Yep. Yep. And and you'll be farming fifty thousand acres, and there'll be one guy yep. managing yep. that much. So in that's, a that's big the machine. other thing too that I think is really interesting, and I'm curious as to how this manifests with the $15 an hour minimum wage is uh, work-life balance, which which I have learned is 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 more important to me. Like if I if I had to choose between uh, being on call 24/7 for 10 grand more a year, I would take the 10 grand pay cut and have a defined work period, <laughs> because no knowing when I am and am not working to me is more important so that I can have my time to do as I please outside of my working hours. Right. And, and, and that, that to me is more, more psychologically important than making a little bit extra cash. Yeah. And I, I have found that the, the difference in compensation between the life sucking time demanding jobs and your normal regular nine to five job is not significant. Mm-mm. Um, I mean, the, the people in my company who make, they have, they have an upwards number that's better if the company does well, but like they're not going to make that this year. Right. They're working 10, 12 hours a day on call and oh. sport on just constant interruptions throughout. The, I mean, their work hours are normal, but then in the evening, there'll be a call, there'll be a problem, there'll be a customer that's upset and they get ragged into all this stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, not, they're not making that extra more than me. Mm-hmm. Not, not not enough to make it worth it. Pragmatist. Not enough to make it worthwhile. Pragmatist. Uh, one of the most interesting articles I saw this week was some Republican senator, may have been a congressman, doesn't matter, but he said, you know, when I was a kid, I got $6 an hour and I did fine. Yes. But adjusted for inflation, that would be 24 hours, $24 an hour right yeah. now. Yep. And, and he doesn't, can't grasp no, that. No, it's, it's worse than that. He knows exactly what he's saying, and he knows that his constituents are too stupid to understand the difference. Yep. That's the problem. It, it's because be, the, we have a political elite class. They are smart enough to know exactly what they're saying and who their audience is, and they know that we will call them out on their bullshit, but their constituents are too, too ingrained in the cults to question what they're being told. And uh, it's, it's, it's things like that. And, and he talked about – the same guy talked about, oh, I, I made minimum wage and I worked my way through college. Well, guess what? College costs 1% of what it does today. Yeah. Yep. So, so if, you, if you adjust for inflation, the cost of college and his minimum wage, he was doing 10 times financially better than anyone today ever could be with the same set of circumstances. Yep. He knows I had it. Two, I had two jobs going into college and uh, they said – yeah, you should you should quit one of those so that you can actually do this yep. degree and severely cut back your hours of the first one. Yeah, as as a graduate assistant, I was teaching twelve hours. Uh, sorry, teaching fourteen hours, taking twelve hours, and I made one hundred and forty dollars a week. Yep, uh, yeah, they knew in- what they were doing when they yep. were exploiting me. As a graduate right. teaching assistant. Oh, let, we don't want to talk about the academic yeah. academic slavery that is going on. I'll give you my college experience. I I was hired uh, as a in a in a laboratory. Um, minimum wage was three seventy five. I made four. Ooh. I, but I didn't get all the hours because there were work study people that the the university paid for. So I just got extra hours. So it was about 12, 15 hours a week. My my college tuition was 
$400 a semester. <laughs> so, so that, I mean, $4 an hour working 12, what, let's call it 20. Cause that's easy. That's 80 bucks a week. It's easy to pay sure. $400 over your semester. Um, and so it, yeah, mine it, was, mine was like seven fifty or something. Yeah. yeah so it, that's easy. You can't do that. Seven twenty-five, seven fifty, or call it eight because you're in Florida and they're paying you extra, versus fifteen thousand dollars. That that doesn't add up. Oh, nope. I see what you mean. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what ends? So to me, my, my you know, and and we have graduate students that for a semester they're ge- they're getting a. Uh, they're getting their classes on a deferment. So if they're taking six or 12 hours, they're getting that paid for. And then they're getting $9,000 for the semester. And remember, semesters are 16 weeks long. So if you, if you divide all that out, it still ends up becoming way, you know, it, it, it looks also, they have to declare the, uh, the uh, classes as income because they're being given to them as income. Yeah. Yeah. Back in my day, that back in my day, yeah, yeah. Somebody decided yeah, that, to tax that, poor college students instead of rich people, and that that you know. Yeah, the year back. after I the year after I left graduate school, the school uh, started waiving tuition for graduate instructors. Mm-hmm. Yep. The year after I, <laughs> of course, so, of course. Yeah. but but they also changed from stone tablets to chalkboards. <laughs> Having experienced true, that pragmatist, true. would you take away that benefit to the following year? No, no, of course not. Right. Course not. And and there, there lies not... the whole uh, student loan forgiveness issue that people hey. seem to keep dragging up, which is, well, I didn't get mine. Well, su- that sucks. Life sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it could be better for the next person. By the way, okay. by the way, the, you're not a Republican. Yeah. The, right. the, the, <laughs> The tuition, another reason I'm upset with the administration right now is that all discussion of tuition, uh, or I'm sorry, student loan forgiveness has been shelved, which was another reason why a lot of youth voted for this administration. Yeah. So well, you if have you, to remember, you have to remember that, that President Biden is a career politician, number one. Number two... He has a lot of friends in Congress, so he's playing the long con. I, I have a feeling, and, and this is just me being an optimist, I have a feeling that he knows how to pick and choose his battles in Congress to, to pick the right moment to push that issue. He's got a year. One year. It's all he has. One year. One year to make any of this stuff happen. It's all he's got. Yep. He's got between now and this time next year, because this time next year are primaries for 2022. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he needs to, they need to kill the filibuster, pass a yeah. whole bunch of shit, have it come into effect, watch the outcomes and say, look at all this good stuff we did to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think, um, pragmatist, that's making a lot of noise. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Sorry, it would, keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> it would be good to to for the Democrats to really burn some bridges in terms of like the media for with the understanding that the will of the people is behind them. Uh, I think we've truly demonstrated like to, the fact that we've overcome all of the gerrymandering bullshit, all of the vote. Uh, uh, we haven't changed gerrymandering Austin. yet. 
No, 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 no. We no, won no, an no. election in spite. We of it. still won despite all of the BS with our voting districts. We still won despite all of the uh, the vote restrictions that the the Republicans have tried to apply on uh, apply to everybody. We still managed to flip the Senate, which is tremendous. It took a decade to do that. That's amazing that we did it at all. I think that if the Democrats truly just like forgot whatever the press decided to say about him and just burned bridges and said, we're doing our thing. We're going to get it done. I think the voters would have their back. I, I don't and disagree with you. It, it would be too late Yeah, for the Republicans to undo it because it would already be legislation. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. But the problem is, is that all politicians are currently spineless. They are Always still, spineless. they are still worried about what, for the former president thinks about ha- what happened in what happens in life. Um, they are worried. I have Democrats? already heard. The yes, they are. No, both sides. Both sides right. are worried yes. about him. They are. They, he is a topic of conversation still. They have not done what we did. He is gone. Okay. We Goodbye. Keep, we keep trying to move on, and he keeps coming back. Well, he was. He was. Uh, he was. The, he was the golden calf in effigy at this say, week's. Oh, uh, yeah. At this week's uh, Nazi convention, thou shalt um, not have engraven images. Yes, and he's a golden, golden statue. But we'll talk about CPAC on the other side of the break. Can, can we? Can we just bring up the fact that they made the American flag into a pair of shorts, and everybody's okay with that? <sighs> They've been doing that for years. Yeah, we've talked yes, about flag. Also against the Constitution. It, well, it's it's, not, it's, it's against flag the, code. the flag code. Yeah, yeah. Flag code. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but on that bombshell, something, something official. <laughs> but I will never have a problem with the flag being made out of made into a bikini. I will. This is a hill I will die on. Oh, two, I, two I don't either. I'm right there with you. <laughs> That's I right. don't either. To die on. But but I guarantee you, if uh, AOC walked around, well, if in a flag bikini, they would they would probably have be unable to speak. But with flag <laughs> shorts on, they'd have a thing to say about that. That's my, it's pointing out hypocrisy more than anything else. We're really bad at going to break. Yes, we are. <laughs> Sorry. Union break. It is. Says it's union break. Union. Yeah. So uh, we are actually rolling right up on it. So, yeah. So on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about uh, all the graven images and the Nazi that came to dinner. So we'll be back in about 15, my friends. And thank you, Sherry. Thank you, all the folks that are sitting in chat right now. Uh, Lots of good things coming in. uh, And keep it up. But we'll be back after this. What? You are listening to One Man Revolution with our host, the revolutionary. And. The comrade. And. Canadian. And. The thespian. And. The pragmatist. Ah, uh, we are back. There we go. I got a good crack. Mike crack in there. Yes. Nice. What are you drinking over there? I am drinking Fever Tree Premium Indian Tonic Water. Oh. In I don't... a tumbler. Ah, there you go. If I can't have a cocktail, I'm going to fake it. That's right. There you go. Well, I pulled a Ramona out of my... Coll- I can't get it to... I, it's invisible. There it is, Ramona, which is, of course, a uh, it's a wine spritzer out of out of uh, out of Italy. The Ramona is not like the other girls. No, she's not. <laughs> I'm also drinking some coffee I made that's very bad. Ooh. Yes, bad coffee. Bad Ooh. girl. Uh, that's uh, comrade. What are you drinking? I have the Victory Sour Monkey. Oh, nice. One of my favorites. 
Sour monkey. And uh, you, oh, you have a Coors Light. I now have monkey. a Coors Light. Nice. I and, went through that PBR really quick. And Pragmatist is, is on tea and eating Toblerones. Yes. Right. <laughs> I need sugar. Yes. I need something to take the edge off that uh, uh, quarantine machine that I <laughs> consumed on an empty stomach. So. Yeah, that's... We, uh, we all learn. <laughs> we all learn this. So, yes, very quickly. Oh, so... As we left earlier, I said we would come back and talk about Nazis. At dinner. At dinner. And dinner. Well, it's not really dinner. It's actually the CPAC, which is the conservative Christian pack. Well, I'm sorry, conservative pack. They don't like when you throw Christian in there. But it did start out as a big, giant, uh, uh, conservative Christian organizational public, uh, sorry, political action committee, and it's being held right here in Orlando, Florida this year. Now, for those of us that are astute, and uh, comrade, I don't know if you want to, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Don't, did you just go full screen on me? No, sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, those, that's fine. No, no, that was good. Actually, we could all see it. Uh, that was fine. I, uh, but when you went full screen, it killed the uh, part of the way that project we were going. Um, no, I'll, it's not full screen, though. I'll, full I'll, screen. I'll fix it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Now everybody can see it. Now everybody can see us on one side and those on there. Yeah, so I have to fix these things. Okay. So what we have on the top of that is the Nazi uniform, which contained a, quote, rune. And that was, a, that was one of their first symbols that they used prior the Third Reich to becoming the Nazi party. And the bottom is the stage at CPAC this year. Now, it doesn't take someone schooled in geometry to be able to flip that sideways in your mind and see that it is the exact same symbol. So, I don't know. Uh, And speaking from that stage, we're a majority of Republicans... Uh, including uh, who is one of their featured speakers this year, the former president of the United States. So responses, uh, comrade, is that the first time you've seen that? No, I've seen it before. I'm okay. still kind of ruminating on it. Okay. Uh, I, I, my gut reaction to all of these things it, it, it would be the same thing I would tell my mother if she shared something like this on Facebook, which is if you see something that seems to get way too accurate to your particular viewpoints on things and it's really convenient and easy to come to that conclusion, it's probably not true. Um, it, and, and I see I see y'all shaking your head. And this is this is kind of where I get a little bit frustrated with, with this group of people sometimes <laughs> is uh, – it's really easy to make a narrative and it's really easy to paint a picture here and, and you can, you connect the dots. It's right there, but I, I am a skeptic, right? So, I am a skeptic and an optimist and I, and I'd like to think better of our fellow Americans than that. To be fair, they were waving the Nazi flag in the Capitol. Yes, January. they were. So <laughs> that's fine. Oh, we'll so go back. Saying, we'll go to the golden so cap in a minute. Hold on. Could you go back to the other picture? Uh, pragmatist? Sure, sure. I, I, I'm not going to say the CPAC commissioned that stage and designed it, but whoever put this stage together made that symbol deliberately. Yeah, 
Right. That that's right. that's the only so, conclusion. That it might not be sanctioned by CPAC. It's right. kind of like sometimes when you get logo people and they make a big phallus and it's like, ah, yep. they didn't yep. see it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> somebody somebody did this deliberately, whether it was to troll CPAC mm-hmm. or to or to show support yep. for that. Nazis. That's far more likely in my mind than this being a coordinated thing by the entire GOP. Correct. But Do you know is, how many people had this had to go through before that stage was built? I, do you? I, I I do not, but I would say that somebody in CPAC we have an knows expert what on that our means, staff. and they did not say, "Whoa, you don't want to put that up there," hmm. right? I, that that that's my problem with it is is it's there. I feel as though the 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 people that it has to go through wouldn't necessarily recognize this on, as a quick thing. And so they would be like, yeah, all right, that's fine. That that stage looks fine. And that's how it gets through. Right. So I, it but, yeah. might but, be meant by the person who designs it. But if that if the person who designs it doesn't necessarily uh, say what his inspiration <clears throat> is for yeah, it. I, what their inspiration is. I, let's be I'm, inclusive. I'm all, their, I'm all with I, that. I apologize. Their inspiration. But, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's take the example. Let's take the example right now that if instead of this being a Nazi symbol, it was a right. big penis. Yeah. Right? right. There are balls to one side and then a runway and then a big head. Yeah. At the podium at the end. Right. And it was a penis and it went through. Nobody in CPAC saw it and it gets to here. What would their reaction be? Right. It's their reaction in federal buildings would be on purpose. Before. Yeah. No, their reaction would be, oh, we need to fix that. And they yep. would do something to disguise its penisness. Yep. Right? Whether it's put a panel and I don't know that they haven't, but if this is a Nazi symbol at tomorrow's CPAC, then they're okay with it. Uh, it's now been brought to their attention. Pragmatist. Uh I I forgot what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. So what I want to... Uh, I was just going to yeah. say that, oh, they they probably have their answers ready, which would be something like, oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You people, you silly people seeing symbols where there aren't any, because but they now, somebody that, has to know. Now that you know and you've been called out on it, your reaction to it tells you whether you think it's okay mm-hmm. or yes. not. And that's why I say, if they haven't modified this stage by tomorrow, they've got all night to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they they're all in on this symbol being Nazis and what it represents. This comrade is not a this is not a an, a good stage design. Yeah, this is no, a deliberate stage. shape. I was just stage thinking design. that this is a weird stage it's, design. It's a dumb stage design. Why yeah. would you have two little runways off to the side of yeah. the main runways coming up? I could understand that this was a stage design. If it didn't have the little outriggers, if it just had the two coming in from the ends, yeah. okay. And even if you move so, the CPAC 2021 on the wings up in front of that wing, yes, yeah. yes. Right. So I was just I was just googling what that icon actually is. Yeah. Um, it is it is Proto Germanic mm-hmm. for heritage or inherited estate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which 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 follows with the Third Reich's philosophy. Correct. Right. Uh, it, but basically, it looks like like if you get the little like flares on the feet, if you cut those off, it's just a little like square with two like it's like a fish drawing. Well, those are runways coming in from different different green right. rooms in the back. Right, right, That's right, right. perfectly well, fine. It's the little right. legs on the back it's that the make legs it. Legs that kind of seal the deal. I, yeah. I agree. And, and and to the Canadians' point, 
I, it would not be surprising to me that somebody in the organization knew what they were doing, did it on purpose, and they said the right things and did the right stuff to, to sell it as just a cool design to, to have mm-hmm. the screens on either side of the speaker or whatever. Right. Um, I, yeah, but you I, can see I, it from all directions. Exactly. Right. I, I don't think this was a concerted effort by everybody in the in the in the C pack no. to. But, but the the other thing that again, I would say, let's their th- reaction will tell. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. Let's talk about sight lines here. If someone was at that podium and you were shooting them with a camera, yeah. Okay. Or if you had look at how it is designed. If you had an audience in this room. The, the, it doesn't. It literally doesn't make any sense that the podium would be in the center of that white space. Right. It yeah. should be at the end of the stage, close at close front, to where people are. Yeah. Right. You're right. And right. when you're using I, a yeah. camera, the camera is going to be shooting from the left. If you shoot the camera from the left or the right, you're going to get those blue screens. And if you shoot from straight on, you're going to get literally the borders of that back screen. So even from stage design, it's a horrible design for a stage. Right. So to me, this is a this is that one third, or I'm sorry, that one half that supports the former president, that so are a hundred percent heritage heritage people who carry those flags. I just yeah. pulled up uh, some footage of the CPAC coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they have <laughs> a low stage left and a low stage right. Yep, which puts the speaker basically uh, in the little gap between screens. So they can they can have that, uh, and this is great audio, you know. Well, it's fine. Radio, it's fine. Know, but but the, yeah, the but big the it. big red middle screen would be over their one of their shoulders, and that little blue screen would be over the other shoulder. Yeah, and they're standing in between, uh, or they just have a straight barrel down the middle with the red background. Yep. Those those are the three angles that they have. Um, so none of the stuff that we see on this stage are actually in the broadcast outside of when people walk on and off the stage, and even then, it's a low camera angle. Yeah. So this is like, which falls in line nicely with the people who like to like to throw out that weird like AOK kind of thing here and there. Yeah. You know that the uh, circle like game one. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that is. I don't know what they call it's it. But way. yeah, it's a WP. It's that WP oh, that, that they throw. WP? Okay. Yeah, WP. So your three one, fingers right? make so they, a W. Your index and your thumb make a B. Right. Right. So they do that in subtle ways where it's not easy to spot, but yeah. those that know know. Right. Uh, this kind of falls again in that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I I don't like to get too excited about this stuff. I'm not excited. Only, I'm appalled. Yeah. Again. But that's what I'm excited <laughs> yeah. is in like elevated <laughs> levels of enthusiasm one way or the other. Uh, I to, to an extent I feel it takes away from the value of what we say when we get a little bit hyperbolic about these things. Yeah. Yes. I, I, like I, I will repeat myself. It, yeah. it was deliberate by the people who designed the stage. Yeah. The, did, did the CPAC board know that this was going on? Probably not. Somebody in the CPAC board know this, what it was probably what it was probably. Right. Um, but, right. but the, to say, you know, CPAC is Nazis. Well, yeah. Sporting, yeah. It's not, it is a bit <laughs> of a jump, but yeah. again, what happens yeah. tomorrow, yeah. what that stage looks like in the morning it will won't determine change. what they, how they I, feel. And if it won't change, then they own it. They own being Nazis. I, I yeah, the symbolism that they're, Go ahead, yeah, the symbolism that they're displaying will be nothing compared to the bullshit that they're spewing. Yeah. Yes. And the bullshit that they're spewing includes uh, people who are coming to this CPAC are coming like this is a rock concert. They're bringing idols. They're bringing full-size statues. 
the, the, the statue got me way more than the stage did. Yeah. I have that. Do you want to see that? Do sure. See Do you have the actual statue, the one the guy was carrying in? No, that's just yep. a yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he has that one too. So, yeah, it, this, <laughs> this to me is far more telling. Like, yeah. this is, first off, it's hysterical. Yeah. Um, second off, this is way more telling of the tone of the meeting and what the, the actual participants are coming to CPAC for. So, for the and, friends and, at home, yes, thank you. It is a golden statue, approximately seven feet tall of a caricature of the former president, the president reject, in his long red tie, a pair of uh, a flip flop, red, red flip flops, board shorts that are the American flag. And he has in his hand a piece of a document. And I don't know what that document says. Stop the steal. No, I don't. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's probably the Constitution. <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, or or the uh, the Declaration of Independence. It looks a lot yeah. like the Declaration. Yeah, we can't of tell from the picture. It's got the big, the big letters at the top, and it's kind of long. Yeah, we the but people. The long and right, short of it is, the Declaration would be a lot longer than that first little blip. It, it, there's there's 19 pixels in this whole image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not very good. The po- the point is this: uh, okay. the the CPAC is known for being largely the the Christian gathering, right? Right. That's what it's supposed to be. It's a very right. Christian, very religious so, gathering. So that whole "Thou shalt have no graven images" before me kind of <laughs> kind of didn't land <laughs> on this one. Um, but but again, like this whole ha- having a statue of the former president uh, at CPAC to me is way more telling. We talked about a cult of personality a lot over these last four years. And this just cements it. The man no longer represents any level of power whatsoever out of, out of whatever you decide to give him. And they've given him an entire convention. He's not a representative anywhere in our government. He does not have any elected power anymore. And yet for whatever reason, the what's that rasp? What's that sound? <laughs> um, Go ahead. For whatever reason, uh, they have felt that it most appropriate to spend this entire CPAC celebrating the guy that lost. His other okay. hand is holding a magic wand. And, a, and the Constitution. It it is the, and the Constitution, yes. And I just checked it for, for ver- veracity, and it says, true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I love when uh, I, I look things true. up. This is very similar to Glinda the Good Witch's wand. With a big star on the top? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty rough. But again, he has no he no longer has any uh actual attributed power any longer. Okay, right. he doesn't have any actual governmental power. And he left in disgrace. Okay, I'm just glad that Rush Limbaugh got to see him do- see him lose the election um, before he passed. His parting gift. His parting gift. Um, That's what killed him. That's what killed him. <laughs> no, no, no. Stage four lung cancer killed him. Um, let's, let's, let's not mince words. Let's not mince words. Lung cancer was annoyed was annoyed when he said uh, when he when he said long ago that uh, you know they shouldn't they shouldn't let me not smoke in here. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead, enjoy. Smoke, smoking doesn't cause cancer. Lung cancer, and I took that personally. I did take that personally. Yeah. So it does. It so again. Here's this ideology which is occurring in CPAC, and which they're okay so with it. Then they're okay with it. That, but that's what it's yeah. being, that's what the the conservative Christians have been, the, no what the capitalist Christians that's what they've become yeah is nothing more than a sounding board for the Republican platform 
whatever whatever the Republicans want, they echo. Whatever they lean into, the Republicans echo. And it just it's just a feedback loop that continues to reaffirm each other in this weird circle jerk of conservative Christianity. Yeah. And it's 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 absolute like if it wasn't such a a, a linchpin in our in our political mechanics, it would be really fascinating and kind of funny. Like like from a from a from a a, a, a third party perspective, like looking down from on high, right? Like it's it's really funny that these people are so easily bamboozled and they're so willing to be fleeced into whatever scam anyone who can wave a Bible upside down and claim they know what two Corinthians says, they're just willing to jump on. It's it's but it's okay when it's a circle jerk for Sky Daddy. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. They just close your eyes and think of Sky Daddy and just jerk faster. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's not gay if it's with God. Like it's, it's sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus, come inside me. Circle jerk for God has it has a. I'm going to start a new a new program called Circle Jerk for God. No, it should be Circle Jerk for Sky Daddy. Honestly, it should yeah, be Circle, Circle Jerk for Sky, Sky Daddy. Yeah, absolutely. because because I guarantee you there would be a lot of people that would sign on for that one. Yeah. Circle Jerk for Sky Daddy. Yeah, yeah. or Sweet yeah. Jesus, come inside me, which is my favorite. <laughs> that's, that's a classic. Yeah, that's that's, that's one of the hymns that we'll one, sing at our yeah, Circle that Jerk one for Sky and Daddy. I, I, yeah, I thirst for the blood of my Savior is my other favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hot. Ooh. But it's a democratic one. So. <laughs> does does Jesus menstruate? Is that what you're saying? Whoa, <laughs> that that deserves a shot just because it's ass. <laughs> wow, that that's so layered too. There's so many layers in that statement. To think of when. Wow, and I feel like it's when volcanoes erupt. He, he like he'll shed- right now. He did shed blood for us all. He did Ooh. exactly. That's right. There's there's That's a right. lot to it. There's a lot of evidence for my for my question. I'm just saying. If he does, it's every Sunday. <laughs> well, He's only every fourth blood. Sunday. He needs, he needs more potassium. Huh. Oh I man! I thought that was when your eye twitched. <laughs> <laughs> I must be getting enough potassium. I just thought about that. My eye hasn't twitched in a long time. Oh man, yeah. So it, so again, if it's not if if it, if they continue with this ideology, if they continue with the stage, if they, if they're all good with all of that, that's that 35 million people that we talk about. Yeah. The, yeah. There, there were, there were, so about half of who voted for the former president voted against the fact that a Democrat was going to be elected. And then so the I, other half hmm. were co-signing the racism, the xenophobia, the hatred, the, the, we are better than everybody else. The America first, the everything that was there. And, you and, know, Mitch, and, Mitch said he'd support a 2024 run for Trump today. He would. He oh, and you can take a drink of your drink, sir. Bingo. <laughs> oh, shit. I said the ah, wrong, wrong word. One, one, one of the really interesting pieces of statistical trivia that I learned during volume three was that 65% of votes cast belong to the evangelical Christians. Yeah. E- sorry, evangelical conservatives. 65% of votes cast historically belong to the evangelical Christians who made up roughly 15 to 20% of our entire population. 2020 shows what happens when we bring balance back to who shows up to the ballots. 2020 proves that if everybody actually shows up and votes, 
the will of the people is actually done. And what we're already seeing, uh, I, I put this link in the show notes today, not, not the show notes, but our Slack, uh, that we're already seeing attempts by states like Georgia to, to ensure extra difficult voting in 2022. Oh, Alabama has already put forward all kinds of legislation. Mississippi Alabama, is Georgia, all, all of the, all of the red states that somehow saw things shift a little bit too neutral, a little bit too in the middle. They're doing everything they can to make sure that those most unrepresented by our government have even less representation and even less opportunity to make sure their voices are heard. Yeah. It's the most un-American thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, and again, it's those red states that were 5149. Yep. And they're like, whoa, if, if a few more people came out, we would turn blue. This, yep. we cannot oh, let we this happen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, uh, we have not solved gerrymandering, gerrymandering. Yep. We have not solved uh, all of the uh, changing of, Voters registration. We have not stopped yeah. the uh, voter tampering. None of that well, is so, stopped. So, a lot of that won't get fixed as long as our two party uh, system maintains. Yeah. Because ger- gerrymandering is not a Republican issue, it's a bipartisan issue. It Everyone is. does it. Everyone's always done it. It will continue to be, to be done by the party in power. The way we fix it is a three plus party system and ranked choice voting. Right. What we do is we take the the false duality of our politics out of Washington and we let the people actually decide who they really want in office. But here's and the issue, comrade. And I just want to put it'll, this it'll, out. It'll never happen. Yes, yeah. because, because it sends people to lose power and money. If you had to vote for somebody based yeah. on what they put out as their platform rather yeah. than a label. So right. let's say I was running for something and I was running under the platform of $15 an hour minimum wage, yep. uh, health care for everyone, yep. and student loan, re- student loan uh, forgiveness. Those are my three things. And next to my name, yep. it says those are the three things that I am supporting going forward. Okay. If everybody, if it, literally if everybody, that's all they had, no party, no nothing. Then people would vote on issues, not on I'm blue and my family is blue what? and my dad was blue and my great grandfather was blue. And so I'm what, blue. What if there was no name? What if there was platform issues? And it was like, how do you feel about this kind of spending? How do you feel about that kind um, of spending? How do you feel about this budgetary line? Easily manipulating. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm I'm talking like in an idealistic world where right. like, well, there's no practical to, solution, but you would need to find people who are complete opposites. Whereas there are multiple, can- like you would hope that both the mm-hmm. Republican and the Democrat would be so, so much noise. Uh, uh, Republican and Democrat would be again, like for green energy. You know, well, like, no, but 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 what I'm so I don't like you know how they have those like personality quizzes online or like what what politician are you most like and they just have all of the issues and you rank them from like one to five on least to most important right I, I'm imagining yeah. that and right? that's how it generates your vote yeah so like uh, this is a totally stupid idea that will never I happen like, I feel like no, a lot of people I think that would be a lot of fun you know like hey how important is green energy not at all all right cool how important is uh, infrastructure very exactly and 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 then um, after a while uh, it comes to the point where like you are most closely aligned with these politicians right and that would I think that would be great both from uh, a local uh, election standpoint and from a federal election standpoint. I think they'd be just super cool. 
they have a website that do that already. Right. Um, right. But I what mean, I'm saying is before, that's how we do the ballots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that gets a little a little bit nuanced because oh, yeah. because you're you're not. I mean, for one thing, you don't know who you're voting for. But and also Canadian, you and I both know very well that I could manipulate all of that in the back end. Exactly. That was <laughs> that's where I was going. If it's, you weren't voting for a person, yeah. Um, the the ranked choice voting though the, is 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 gold because it allows you to say you know if you want, hey, I I voted blue forever, so I'm going to vote blue. But if yep. he doesn't win, I kind of like what this other guy is saying. And then chances are, you might get that other guy. Can, can we be right. inclusive and oh, say so, other person? So that's, other other <laughs> human. Thank, thank that's, you. that's kind of what I was saying is like, if, if one third of America says, I want blue, one third of America says, I want red, but both of them say the second, the, the independent is who I really want. The independent, the independent just got two thirds of the second choice vote and they win. Right. And that's why the ranked choice vote, I think it'll never happen, but I think that's the most valuable way for they, uh, our, our electoral process to change. They went through – uh, NPR did a thing mm. in one of their shows about ranked choice Liberal voting. Liberal New national pubic in, radio. In <laughs> Ireland, it was actually the fourth person down on the ballot. The person really? who got the fourth number of votes in the first ballot. Huh. But could like get less than 20% on the first ballot. Huh. Ended up winning because of the second and third choice votes from the other ballots. And no, I think that it, happened. That happened to Lincoln his first term. Mm. And I, what he, I was the, say, he was the third choice, and most people didn't even know about him. He yeah. wasn't even on the ballot in some states. But, but, he but won what I think is good about that majority. process is you end up getting a lot more moderate people mm -hmm. yeah. because like the people that the voters are most excited about tend to be the most extreme because they're the ones that, that have like the, the big flashy words and the signs and the slogans and the whatever. And, and you're, you go from the, the excitable person to the person you don't really have a problem with to the person you have a problem with, right? That's how you're going to vote. So if everyone picks the people they have the least amount of problems with, you're just going to end up with a lot of moderates. And guess what? The vast majority of our elector of our populace are moderates, Yep. There are people that that's sit. How, that's how it got Biden. Yeah, that's how right. we got Biden. Right. Yeah. and you right. can you you can get. <laughs> you can't say his name either. You have you to say president. Title. <laughs> oh, sorry. He did earn it, uh, according to according to us Democrats. He earned it. According to the others, uh, he stole it. So yeah. Yeah. Can you can right. you say president, oh. former vice president Biden? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. Once you get a title, it's above <laughs> the other title. Then you get rid of the PFP, other title. PFVP. Although, um, although Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, uh, was former mayor Pete Buttigieg was recently on yes. Seth Meyers, and he was being interviewed, and he was asked, "So, what do you want to be called?" And he goes, "Well, secretary, secretary is my title, but if you want to keep calling me Mayor Pete, that's fine, <laughs> because everybody <laughs> knows me as Mayor Pete." He's Secretary Mary Pete. Mayor, yeah, Secretary Mary, Mary, Mary Pete. Secretary Mary Pete. I like it. <laughs> No, not Mary. Not Mary. <laughs> Don't call him Mary because I'm sure that the Republicans are calling him that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but you if you do if you do rank choice voting, you get rid of the primary. So you yeah. don't need this year run up of people trying to get elected in the primary. You just you run. But, Put your name in, yep. run, people vote, figure well, out the, other, the math, and boom, you're you're elected. But it doesn't Talk change the fact. The it doesn't change the fact that the stage at CPAC remarkably looks 
like the runic Nazi symbol that was there before. <laughs> I just want to point out all of our all of our stuff that we're saying. We need to go back around to that point to say if they didn't intend it, they should at least address a, a it. They should, should fix it. Yeah, they should fix it. No, no, they should fix it. Not a statement. Literally, we have friends that are in event management. All it takes is a couple of of psychs. And a piece of plywood, and that disappears. Yep. And the funny yep. thing is, you could still leave the screens up. Just take yep. out that little bit of the stage. Yep. Or, or move the screens forward. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So this week we also, you know, so so that's one of those things that we still, if that if that party or that group of that party, mm-hmm. because the former president may be forming his own. Little, which would be the best thing that could happen for 2024, by the way, yeah. uh, his yeah. own little party. Uh, we have to get rid of, yeah, we have to get rid of the ones that were elected during his term at, at in 2018 and 2020 who wrote his coattails because they're, I mean, look at, look at WTF. This week she walked up in front of another person's office that has a transgender child and put a sign on the outside of their, uh, now I don't know how this should be even allowed, by the way, in a government building. She put a sign up. shouldn't be allowed, yeah, she put a sign up that said there are two genders, male and female, and that's that, a big sign up on, on the outside oh, of someone's thing. Oh, the best part is she said it says something. Believe the science. Yeah, believe and, the science. And she's she's wrong because there are two sexes, male and female, but they're there's a spectrum of genders. gender. There's a spectrum yeah, but, of gender. But that's semantics, and that's complicated. And she has that, like an 18 word vocabulary. But, so but, but don't 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 point to science if you don't understand the semantics I, of it. I believe her tweet said, uh, "God made uh, God made two genders," and uh, somebody had replied, "No, God yes. made man and a rib." But I wouldn't expect a rib to understand that. Oh, <laughs> damn. Ooh. Oh, that's harsh. Oh. Fatality. I did, I did do a good chortle at that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, gender is is a is a uh, a fluid concept. No, but but it but it's a concept of culture, yeah. right? It's not you're, you're not. It's something we as humans label in our culture as mm. to gender. Right. right. It, it's it, sex is a physical. It's an assignment. It's a, it's a, it's an assignment that is made on a birth certificate by a doctor who only sees based, external based on your genitalia. on your gonads. Yeah. Right. So and to some me, people and, have and, both, and some have none. And right. So there are more than two sexes. Yeah. We also have a comment from the field that's that uh, from Sherry. Uh, intersex is also correct. A, right. Absolutely. Correct. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah. So so as I've been, I I love the fact that I I've been saying this all the whole show. It's like, uh, can we yep. say? Folks, can we say this? Can we say that? Y'all, y'all, y'all is gender neutral. Y'all is gender neutral. It's one of my favorite like words. I thought you all was gender neutered. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> all, yes. y'all. I love y'all. I mean, if if you really want to enunciate all of, all of the syllables and uh, really like out yourself as a northerner like that, that's fine. You all. I'm actually not a northerner though. I you're you're, a... you're northern Georgia though. No. That's a northerner. That's practically a rebel. Or, but, or, or a Yankee. I'm sorry. I mean, our unit, yes. Tallahassee to Georgia. I don't really know how I don't have <laughs> any accent at all. But our university has been uh, wrestling with this since last since last year because we, you know, after George Floyd, after all this, a large a large amount of uh, inclusivity has been thrown up. 
So not only is it race, creed, gender, all of those things, you know, sexual orientation, all of those things are important to be included. And the part that really gets me is that we have faculty members at a major university that are saying, I don't understand why I can't just walk in and say, hey, guys. And it's like, well, it's, it's just not inclusive. Well, I just want to say, hey, guys. Well, you can say whatever you want. We're not going to tell you not to. But we just want to say that the inclusive term would be folks, friends, People. Fuckers. Um, I guess that wouldn't be inclusive to the asexuals, but um, yeah, assholes. Yeah, assholes. I don't know. Everyone's got belly buttons. Um, But the important part is, is that all of this stuff, if we would just take a moment and be accountable to someone and listen to what people have to say and, and understand that people are, you know, people are different, that there are people that are. And it's not that we offend people with what we say. It's just let's try and move the baseline just a little bit. And it takes nothing except for a minor change in language. And you're going to have those, those people from CPAC that are going to double down. You're going to have WTF in, in Congress that's going to triple down. You're going to have you know all of these people who are going to say, well, I'm in Congress. And, and, and by the way, what she posted is against what is being written as... Uh, as legislation because uh, Speaker Pelosi made a rule in the House of Representatives that no gender, gen engendered uh, policies will be made into laws. So no words of grandparents, father, mother, uh, daughter, son, or any of those terms because there's no reason to have them in legislation. Because legislation applies to everyone. Comrade. Uh, just as a reaffirmation to what you were just saying, Revolutionary, and then my actual point. Yes. Um, a lack of gendered language is just efficient and practical, and uh, there's no reason not to do it. My actual point, though, was this. Um, I've seen quite a lot of debate, and I think it's, it, it's – I don't really have an opinion on this. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. Um, a lot of romance languages – have gendered nouns. Uh, la mesa, the, the table, is, is a feminine in Spanish, right? Uh, in French, you have a lot of the similar like masculine and feminine nouns. And there's been a lot of debate um, as to, you know, should that be changed? Can that be changed? Is that appropriate? I've seen some people being mad about the concept of Latinx as an anglic- as like ang- anglicizing a language that has a specific formal structure. And I was just wondering if anybody here had thoughts on that, because I, I, th- I just think it's a really interesting topic. My only opinion is uh, doing with Duolingo, if I forget <laughs> to add the E at the end of a feminine word, I get it wrong. But if I accidentally type an O instead of an I in the middle of the word, it's fine. And they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you had a typo. We just knew that you were wrong in the other time that you typed it. That's like, because feminine terms are wrong. Yeah. So, so wrong. Yeah, Sorry. I don't I don't know how you change that. You don't, right? and that's the thing. And, and language does change and it does modernize. And there are there are gender neutral terms that are used in the actual spoken language. But when you're talking about learning, you know, learning a language, you have to learn it as it stands. So it takes some right. time and you just learn it. And by the way, once you start speaking it, 
you know, I was in, I was involved in lots of conversations in France and they would use terms that were not the standard terms that are used because they were informal. Because they were informal and it was raised up. You know, it was raised up from, hey, yeah, those are things that the old people said, but we don't say those anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know? And by the way, the, the French are a, a very upset yeah, but, about that. <laughs> this, but, but you have you have feminine nouns, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're not going to refer to the table as... You know, El meso, a, right? <laughs> that's not a word in Spanish. It's yeah. El meso, right? Right. And that's where I think... But you, could, you could change the... the the ending, right? Let, let's make it an X. L may sex. Right? Yeah. Or, no, but, but but that's the point is, is O may sex. But that's the point is that's the anglicizing that they no. were angry about. It's yeah, also, no, I, yeah. I, I get it. That's yeah. us doing it to right. the people who speak that language. But the language okay. itself can evolve in that way. Is what I'm trying Correct. to say. No, you're you're right. Yeah. yeah. And and that's that's like to me that's what's so fascinating about it, right? It's this it's this idea of at what point does a culture decide that its entire language is off base and needs a change? Cause that like, that's, it's, it's a romance language. It's based in Latin. That is one of the core languages that all of, uh, all of Western language is built on. Yeah. Like at what point do we decide that that is no longer valid and we need to create a, a, a complete shift? And, and, and maybe it's not that it's invalid. Maybe it's just, it's out of, out of touch and out of, uh, it's out of its time and we've moved past it. But it, it, it's, it's it, just like language is such a fascinating concept, especially when we, when we discuss uh, connotation of words, you know, like, like, like he, she, they, them folks, guys, whatever. Like, like to me, the idea of saying, what's up guys is 100% gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Like I guys to me does not imply a gender dude at this point doesn't even apply a gender dude <laughs> yeah. is a person guys yeah. are multiple people. Right. So, and that's, that's kind of the evolution of the meaning of the word. I, I feel like guys plural or like um, the, the plight of men or the plight of man is not really a gendered thing. It's it, impl- it implies a race or a group of people. And, and I wonder at what point we become, too sensitive to the the specific nuance of the word instead of understanding that we can have a little bit of flexibility in our communication. I I, I, I am with you in in using those terms in that way, but I also understand that if you are an oppressed uh, group of people, that that term now you can feel excludes you because. If, if we had true equality in this country and everybody was good with everybody else, I don't think it would be that big of an issue. Right. But because we don't, then when you say, hey, guys, and there's a group of people in the room that don't, don't relate to being a guy, it is then difficult. It puts them mm-hmm. in an awkward position. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I'm with you. I use guys as general neutral. I've used it today as general yeah. neutral. I use you know plight of man, but we really need to be more explicit or find a different term, or just get rid of prejudice in the country and have everybody treat everybody <laughs> with respect and admiration, no matter who they are. You know, I have that a, one seems start, hard. I have a culture. Just don't talk to anybody like ever again. You yeah. you you sir have a great idea there, but I think that we can't even get people to agree that we don't okay. need two bathrooms. Yeah, exactly. And that you we can't get people to agree on any form of language on anything because when I say that person is a white supremacist and 40% of the country says, "Oh no, that's my heritage." Yeah. That's a problem. 
you know. I didn't mean it. It that wasn't way. so long ago. Yeah. Well, then don't say that. I go, didn't go mean ahead. to make a Nazi stage. Oh, well, then change it. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Pragmatist. It wasn't so long ago we needed four bathrooms. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely correct. In the South, there were four bathrooms everywhere. In and, the Pentagon, there yeah. were four bathrooms. See, and that gets back to my point about efficiency. How expensive is it? To build four whole bathrooms when all you could really all you need to do is build one. Yeah. Like you're just you're just wasting resources at that point. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So to me, I think the the that the, the hammering up, she did it as if she was Martin Luther ha- hammering up uh she you feels know, that way too. Yeah, the Protestant knowledge on the wall of this colleague's door. And Across you know what's that? across the hall it's across the hall and if i and the, and by the way the colleague then followed suit in their in a it's this petty argument now at this point by putting a rainbow flag outside of wtf's uh door mm-hmm. to which she was incredibly offended by and yeah. said that she was being persecuted by that being put on her door yeah of course she well that's because she's a pile um, of human they, trash they no, she identifies as a woman, so that's a yep. she. Yeah, but no, she, I mean, she self-identifies as human garbage. So, is yeah. there a gender for that? <laughs> yeah, is there a gender for human garbage? That's a H-G. great question. H T. They call it. Oh, she's already. That's no, that's T V. Yeah. That's different. She's already W T F. So yeah, W T F. Yeah, I refuse yes. to use her name because that's that's. Yeah, no. uh, I agree. W T F H G. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, when, and 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 she only thinks that there are. Two, so and she identifies as her cis self, so it's very much there. So when I put when I put pronouns on things, when anyone puts pronouns on things, this is the part that really makes me laugh. Is that we have this segment of the pro, of the population that says I shouldn't have to put pronouns on my, on my name because everybody knows well, who I am. Well, I designed this a long time ago to be you know our names on this show to be neutral. It's the revolutionary, the, the, the comrade, the Canadian, the thespian, the pragmatist. Because people that it listen... It started as a joke and it works really well. It always works well. But I designed and, and it like, that way for the anonymity of it. But it also works because if we wanted to identify ourselves, we could put our pronouns at the end of that. Yeah. And say, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I did it because Mr. Canada sounds too much like a failed superhero. <laughs> Uh, there no, is so good. Though. By the way, there is a superhero <laughs> in Marvel just, Comics called the Canadian. So, yeah, he just flies yeah, around and apologizes to people. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 He cleans up after Superman. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, sorry about this. Oh, that's oh, naughty, eh? Oh, that's naughty. Be naughty now. You know how he is. Oh, you know. <laughs> then he gives him bacon. Here's some bacon. No, that's we got some back bacon and some poutine. Back and some beer. Yeah, some poutine. You did a naughty thing, by golly. <laughs> oh. oh man. Have you have you had a Molson? Hey, Molson. Yeah. You know what? In yeah. a pinch, a Molson will do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Molson Canadian. I look for one of those on Canada Day, well. and I very rarely find them. Yeah, they're difficult I to get. I, I have had one, and I did enjoy it. I yes. remember. But it, it to me it's it's very important that we that we at least explore those ideas and and when the faculty at our university were said hey there's a new feature in our in, in our software that does web courses that says that you know you can pick your own pronouns and there were people that pushed back against it 
And we're talking about people with, you know, with advanced degrees who are teaching in, you know, in, in liberals, in liberal studies of one type or another, and they pushed back against it. And I don't understand the pushback. You know, to me, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's like, well, you don't have to do it. You can still, no. I mean, my pronouns say, use my name. If you know me, use my name. That's all it says. But, but beyond that, me asking you what your pronouns are doesn't ask you to change nope. anything about how you identify or who you are or, any, or anything. It doesn't even change your position in society. It just means that I am aware that I may be accidentally referring to you in a certain way, and I'd like to make sure I'm right. Yeah. Now, I, also, I think a lot of people um, will go based on the standard binary gender assi- assignments and, and make an assumption in public because you're talking face-to-face with a person. And I, I also think like like it's a weird it's this weird you know disconnect between like face to face and on the internet right yeah because face to face you're gonna say a thing you're gonna make it wrong and the person's going to go hey I'm this would you mind saying that oh I'm so sorry no problem not a like but not- you don't have to apologize this is the but, fun but, part about yeah. it you just you just have to go oh, you know what next time I'll get it I'll, I'll do I'll do it the way you want it. Exactly, and, and that's that's kind of what's interesting because, like, in a face-to-face interaction, you get that chance. You're muted, Despian. Um, <laughs> Most but, people appreciate an apology. Just right, right. It just as 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 out of yeah. politeness, I will probably pull a Canadian and apologize. <laughs> uh, but um, on the internet, everybody speaks in absolutes and extremes, right? So it, it becomes this. It's got to be all or nothing conversation on the internet because that's the only way you can speak to anything as opposed to this idea that in real life, it's a little bit more complicated and nobody's really that like, like, well, that's that I shouldn't say nobody. Quite a lot of people aren't really that mean spirited. We just don't know any better. But the rage media, but the rage media has created this in us. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. It's you have to be outraged. Whether you're on one side or the other, you have to be outraged about it. And to me, because I've been in the trenches for so many years with students yeah. who are going through transitions and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, um, you, you know, I, I, I use this pronoun. Cool. Didn't know it. So I put it in my notes. We're good. And at, and at that point, there's not, it, nothing. It, it's, it's all fine. Just don't be an asshole is my, has always been my thing. Speaking of rage media, uh, fuck Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Take okay. your shot. There it is, <laughs> Canadian. Uh, so you are correct, uh, comrade, in that uh, most people are not that mean-spirited, but a lot of people are very stubborn and don't like yes. to be corrected. Right. And, and when, they, when you get pushback and they don't expect it, they're like, well, why should I? And that, you know, the first is that they're defensive. Mm-hmm. And, and that reaction mm-hmm. just doesn't, doesn't go well anywhere. It's called the backfire and, effect. It, yeah. it's, it's a well-studied psychological thing. And, and yeah, and you get around that by making it more prevalent, so people understand that this sort of thing happens and it right. is out there. Right. And and I think most people, if they were aware or expecting or understood the nuances of modern conversation, would be like, oh, okay. But well, it's, that it's one of shock of the first time is is often leads so, to bad outcomes. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. You, you just sparked a thought in my mind. It's one of the reasons I really like the idea of moving to a non-gendered form of, of clothing and, and mm-hmm. personal uh, decoration, things like hair, color, style, look, nail polish, clothing, whatever, 
wear what you like. If you see a thing and it makes you feel good, wear it. And I like the idea of having a very masculine presenting person like lumberjack beard, big bushy hair, and a sundress. Like uh, uh, e- evening gown. Thank you. E- I mean, if that's what you wear on a Sunday afternoon, looking at apartments, that's cool. Hey, uh, but yeah, what I'm, I'm picturing one of those in, like in a field with a hat, a floppy hat, and a sundress. Yeah. And yeah, I can absolutely. Yeah. Hey, sundresses make sense for men, comrade. Oh, they absolutely. really do, especially in the state of Florida. I don't understand it's why so we have to wear crazy. pants all the freaking time. I wear a kilt and I get ostracized. <sighs> you, you wear you wear pants all the time because I'm working from home. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> pants in the uh, in the in the ethereal sense of pants. <laughs> I have something covering my genitals. Yeah. Yeah. Me- you might call them meta pants. Yeah, the, meta pants. Yeah, there's something no, covering it's, it's my genitals. Actually, it's actually a thing in in the the through hiking circuit. If you follow that sort of thing, where where women and guys now will wear skirts yeah because because it allows better airflow it allows your parts don't get sweaty mm-hmm. um it's mm-hmm. easier to pee there's all kinds of benefits to to wearing a skirt there was there was uh, in, in norway there was uh like the bus drivers in norway many years ago were, were well it was either pants or skirts shorts were not allowed for the male employees so two bus two male bus drivers said cool skirts it is and wore skirts to work they wore the official uniform skirts and they loved it it was great everyone was happy about it and the company in response did not say cool who wants a skirt they said all right shorts are fine which is kind of a <laughs> like i'm not like maybe it was you know like if you turn to the, turn the wrong way and you man spread a little bit maybe there's a problem i don't know but um, well, you're uh, assuming the front of the bus below the knee. You're also assuming that they're wearing nothing under it. So that's a, yeah. Oh no. If it's a skirt, you can have underwear. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) And if you get upset about my thong, that's on you. That's not on me. Why are you looking? Why are you looking? (laughs) All I want to know is why you're looking. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome for the show. I have have an OnlyFans. Thank you. (laughs) I'm an accountant. That totally reminds me of my well done. I'm an accountant. At that point. I'm an internet accountant. Perfect. Because no one asks you any more <laughs> questions when you tell them you're an accountant. Mm. It's my favorite. It's my favorite TikTok meme. The mm. <laughs> uh, thespian wanted to get in well done. I wanted to get into one because it's potentially a, a point of discussion. Yeah. I want to get it out of the way before we get into the problem. Well, well we, we are. We are so, wonderfully on time this week. I am so happy. Uh, yet another week where we are where we are right at the point in time where we should be. Where did she go? Uh, she walked <laughs> away so we could do ours. Oh. Uh, but what I was going to say is the state of California is now officially allowed to enforce net neutrality. And that is a wonderful first step. Way to like, go, California. Absolutely. Much like uh, the, the, the decriminalization of marijuana, it takes one domino to start. <laughs> And California is the first. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Practice represent. <laughs> no, um, but son of a. And and the thing is, California is a big one. You know, if if, is. if that's know, what she Arkansas said? had done net neutrality, it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. But pretty much the networks all go through California, mm-hmm. so they're all going to now be regulated by California law, whether they want to be or not. Right. And more importantly, uh, net neutrality opens up a lot of avenues for municipal internet providers. 
And that, that I think is the most important aspect of all of it is the idea that uh, you no longer have a, you know, a singularly charter or spectrum or AT&T mm-hmm. uh, or, or Time Warner cable neighborhood. Now you can say, no, screw you greedy corporation. I'm going with the local municipality. Um, I know they're going to be maintained at a certain level. And I know I can expect this amount of internet for exactly this money all the time. Yeah. And that creates competition in a place where there isn't any. And that's very important. And Star Lake. Yeah. Star Lake. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, yes. it's, almost, it's almost like competition is good for the free market. And since, and again, since the, this is a, the, since the federal law has a gap in it currently, which does not make, which then releases this under 10th amendment back to the States. That's right. And so California made a law. Now what would have to happen is someone would have to challenge that state law all the way to the Supreme court. Which then would then open up the federal government to have to make a decision on net neutrality at that point. It would be great. Yeah, it would be absolutely great. So, so well, well, well done, California. Well, that also it kind of segues into mine because my well done is coming from California, um, East Sacramento specifically. There's a woman by the name of Crystal Jackson, and she is an OnlyFans model. She's an accountant. An accountant. She's a mom. Yes. She's a mom. Oh, this She's one's very good. She's a mom of three. Three yep. children. Crystal Johnson, mother of three. So she Jackson. has an OnlyFans oh, page, and she makes <laughs> up to like $100,000 a day. Nice. According to this, nice. According to this article, yes, she is making a hundred thousand dollars a day. So I guess a lot of the dads at her kids' school, (laughs) and they it like finally one dad broke and like spilled the beans to his wife, like, oh yeah, this mom at this at our kids school that's miss jackson if you're nasty only fans you know that that. the way no he did not spill the beans he got caught probably (laughs) yes honey it's just it's just my it's just apple's friend's mother Susie's little friend's mom yeah yeah Yeah. 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 it was it's a catholic school catholic school Ah, so this article does not does not state that but it literally just says her kid she finds out her kids get expelled from this school because she has an OnlyFans. Yep. Um, Catholic school. That should that's go to the Supreme that, Court. That totally now makes sense. Um, now, I w- I'd like to point out, she doesn't post nudes mm-hmm. and she doesn't post sex. Nope. Nope. She, it's yeah. just her dressed and she and her husband in intimate makeout sessions, but there's no sex and there's oh, no Oh, it's with nudity. her husband. Well, yep. uh, none of these photos nice. actually are with her husband. She's just in cute little outfits and like standing in a sexy pose. Yeah, like, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, mom. She yeah. is. She's cute. Um, I mean, Chris is like, look, it's local. <laughs> it's local. I'm very proud of Chris. Good yeah. buddy of mine. Hey, no, sex work is work. Oh yeah, legitimize all yeah. of it. Sex work is that's work. No, I don't know. I don't know Crystal. I don't know. Her. Oh, okay. Because I was like, oh, that's cool. Because she like, I I just felt like she. Well done for her, just like absolutely owning it. You know, hundred grand a day? Are you freaking kidding me? Well, the hell, she's, she's, yeah, she's making what? millions a year. Millions, That's wild. A year. 
And Even she, if um, I just, dr- I. AKA <laughs> Mrs. Poindexter, I want to point this out. Uh, oh. Tiffany Poindexter yes. is what her. Yeah. Is oh, her is that her screen name? That's very good. Nice. Uh, yeah, brings nice. new meaning to nice. the word milf. Oh, that's just, that's just accurate. Is that a shot? <laughs> no, that's just accurate. No. Shouldn't, accurate. That be, shouldn't that be pilf instead of... <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, person, person you'd like to. Instead of... Huh. Mother, yeah, our mom. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Pragmatist, that's an excellent idea, but we don't have that in our rules, so we're not going to do that one. <laughs> well, She's according according to, to uh, something Comrade said earlier, it could be a dilf as well for dude I'd like to... Oh, that's uh, true. Dude is kind of gender neutral to him. I'm dude not going to lie. I did follow Dilfs of Disney World, and it was just like hot guys around Disney <laughs> on Instagram. And on that bombshell. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, comrade, this, this, uh, this, uh, this, this makes, uh, I, this makes everything make sense now. Like makes everything make sense. Like, yeah. what you I like, like, I like the justification, <laughs> the awkward justification. Yeah, just, just, just keep digging. Just keep digging. You'll eventually hit know. China. Tell me more. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Prime Minister. I just, I just wanted to add something that that amazed me this week, which was the special kind of stupid it takes for someone to actually believe that BLM people uh, dressed up as Trump supporters and stormed the Capitol in order to overturn an election that they won. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Just, just what kind of convoluted Swiss cheese does that take? And you saw all all of the the you know the people storming the Capitol. They were all you know people yeah, of color, people right? Of color. Yeah, Absolutely. biopics. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of there. diversity in that crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Black indigenous people of color. I think that was the entirety of everyone that stormed the <laughs> Capitol. Yeah, they, absolutely. They were, they were just in white face. Is that did you know? Did you know the whole crowd? If you put them collectively together, identified as one thirty second Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> is that enough to get a free college education? No, it needs one sixteenth. If you really want to know, oh, damn yeah, damn need one sixteenth. Um, know what to do with a college education? Why is the why is not the librarian here today? That's all I have to say on that one. Because her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday that's our end. That's our end of show. It's our end of show. <laughs> but yes, but happy birthday to her. Yes, and we we have several this week. We literally have three cast members with birthdays three, this week. So and none of them are here. And none of them are here, oddly enough. Can you blame them? I can. There, I blame all of them. There's a lot of spring fornicating going on. Mm. <laughs> no, it, Star, no, because that was the birthing. That it was. It was. That was. Yeah. Autumn. May. No. June. May. Some summer. Summer break. Summer. Um, keep summer going. Birthing oh, is in February. The kids, the, any other kid <laughs> off to the grandparents? The, the revolutionary is in separate. May. Uh, are we uh, are we signing off with the happy birthdays? Is that what we're doing? I think he's uh, probably getting something. Oh, probably. We uh, should we uh, should kill uh, some everyone quick. Find oh, ways I to kill, kill dead time. Um, um, nailed it. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I will say, uh, Canadian, you had you had mentioned the tequila drink at the beginning. I did sing that Shamba Wamba song to the comrade before. Oh, is that it's a Shamba Wamba song? Okay. Yeah, yes, Shumba-wumba. I get knocked down, but I get up but again. I get back again. Wait, that's what? You're never gonna yeah. keep me down. Yeah, I had a tequila drink. I had a whiskey. Yeah, drink. but then I, I like I was drink. in the other room, and then I just remembered the bridge. Don't cry for me, next door neighbor. And uh, 
yeah, he didn't. I don't think he got that. But yeah, I, I, so I know, I know the I get knocked down bit. I did not realize they were the same song. Indeed. I, so, so I, I'm going to fill some dead air time with a with a work story. Oh, great! I, I joined a new team, and they do this thing on Friday where they were like played a video, and they wanted to sing. Oh, we're done. I actually got them. I got them to sing. I found a video of "We're All in This Together" by uh, from High School Musical. Yes, that had, we're all in that, this. That had together. that had the words. So oh, I played no. that at the end because they, you know, what's our song for today? I said I got one. I played it, and because they had the words, everybody was singing bits of it, kind of in their halty. I'm singing at work voice. Nice. It was it was awesome. It was glorious. That's very good. They're That's they're, they're gonna hate me from now on. That's sure. excellent. That's Always find well at the done. end of every video. Always yeah. find karaoke modeled videos that have the words this going time by. Last year we were karaokeing for the Wanderer's birthday. Uh, no, for the librarian's birthday. I thought it was. Was it the librarian? It was the librarian's no, birthday. Bowling. It was bowling. Bowling was the was the was the wonders. wonders. Was it? Yeah. Oh, and then the librarian went with you guys. Yes. Yes. It worked yeah. well. Yes, it did. So, I had to stir my ramen broth. Sorry, I, I'm I'm oh, making okay. I'm I'm on a very long boil, and I I can see my stove from here, and I'm like, that is making too much steam. I'll be right that back. Need, that needs a stir. That needs the a stir. Series on a slow boil. I am. Um, I went. I had to reduce it down to uh, off. At this point, because <laughs> it was still percolating, it doesn't, go any it, it doesn't go any lower. Oh man, yeah. So well done, everybody. Everybody, well, to at least Mrs. Poindexter, uh, Poindexter. Yeah. yeah, for being an internet accountant. And and my favorite, there's several things. You know, people are yelling at me for being on TikTok, but there's that is where all of the new trends are. And one of the new trends is actually beyond the accountant one, which, by the way, if if you meet someone and they tell you you're the, that they're an accountant, you can only think that they have an OnlyFans from this point on, because that's what it just, means. Then you just ask them for their handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it means. Uh, I'm an accountant. <laughs> really? What's your you're handle? an accountant. What's your handle on it? Yeah, yeah. What's your OnlyFans? And then, oh, uh, here it is. Uh, and if they don't answer answer with their handle, they're an actual accountant. And you can just stop talking to them at that point. The yeah. biggest problem with TikTok has nothing to do with the platform, but has everything to do with the company that owns the platform and the data that they take from the app. Uh, which is Tencent uh, from China. Google it. It's yeah. nightmarish. Yeah. But the only thing they can take is who you like and who you and who you follow. That's all and they can where take. where you live and where you travel. And if you, you have... Phone. No, that's, again... Uh, you you are giving you're saying that you can give away all these things without any ability to stop it and you can stop it mm. yeah so it's it's kind of it's one of those things where it's on your phone so you turn off uh location services so that it can't follow you it, and you do all those things all of this as we've said many times before it should be on the consumer if you're trying to say the government needs to thing. stop people from doing this well no they don't <laughs> You know, I, th I thought we were a free market I, I around do, here. I do think, though, that there should be some impetus for making companies be completely transparent in an easy to understand and accessible way for an eight year old who has his mom's iPhone to be able to understand yeah. and then ask mom, hey, what does this mean? And then an email should come through confirming it. It, sh it should be on the consumer, but the app should allow you to select what you want to, to opt track. out of all of it. Yeah. 
And and if if that means you opt out of, you know, you only see five TikToks a day, then so that's your choice. Correct. So in that vein, I would like to share my well done this week, uh-huh. which is a <laughs> I'm going to just say that it is a uh, an unauthorized plugin for several browsers. And just like when the thespian had uh, the Florida yeah. man plugin. There's a new plugin out there that's called Big Tech Detective. And we'll include a link in our show notes. And I'll give I'll pass the link on to yep, yep, the yep. comrade. Um, and what it is, it is a it is an extension that you install and it blocks Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. And alerts you, it doesn't, it blocks it, it alerts you and says that they're using your data and when they use it so that you see how often Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook ask for your information in the background without your knowledge. So I'm going to go ahead and pass that along to uh if you, if you put it in the doc it'll i'll find yeah it. i'll put it in the doc i'll pass that along and that was developed by an independent person and uh they just wanted to point out they're doing some research and they're like hey i developed this idea uh and here is a little plug-in that i wrote that just reminds you that google facebook amazon uh and microsoft in the background are doing these things and giving your information away now it will so, then and selling it. And, and what they'll do is they'll allow it to be blocked. So you can actually say, no, don't allow this. And it blocks the site. But then the site becomes unusable. How odd is that on a lot of these places? And, and there's and, and on that vein, there's also uh, Raspberry Pi setups that you can yeah, use to completely which block I all ad content on your home network yeah. that does the same kind of thing. Like if you try to click a link that's an ad, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't realize how many search results were just ads. So so my my Raspberry Pi uh, blocks about eighteen percent of the total amount of uh, traffic on my network. Uh, yep. I use a thing called crazy. yeah called Pi Hole, and it does do that. But again, sometimes there are legitimate times where I want to click on the link, but then I go, oh, well, they're tracking me. Oh, I'll just go to the site that they're trying to track me to, without going through the link that they gave me. And, uh, you know, as, as a developer, and again, I've taken responsibility for my network footprint. I've taken responsibility for doing that. And yes, it's an inconvenience. And the, and by the way, I have, and I'm, and this is a really horrible thing. The only time I have gone to a convenience store to buy something convenient is when I stop there for gas on a road trip. I also have a manual garage door, garage door. So this is the level of convenience that my life has in it, you know? So whenever people are, are saying, oh, well, it's just so inconvenient. Well, yes, but you can also not complain and take control of it. Pragmatist. Uh, I didn't have anything. Oh. <laughs> you have a manual garage door? Yes. You never noticed that. I get out of my car, open the door, and close the door, yeah. Even in the rain. Damn, that sucks in the rain. That's wow. fine. It's Florida. You just wait a minute. I mean, at that point, you're already home anyway. So yeah, I'm already home. So, or even I, when I'm going. I, by the time I'm home, I would I would prefer not to have to do an extra thing. And this is the difference but between that was me. That I was <laughs> having to do physical labor. I, yeah. I'm also curious how many places you've lived that have garage doors. 
<laughs> and on that bombshell, no, does anybody have anything else this week? It's hard to it's hard to top no garage door. Yeah, it's true. The look yeah. the look on the on the thespian's face was worth the entire thing. Well, the One Man Revolution podcast uh, is available weekly right here on facebook.com slash Omar podcast and the high quality audio podcast, which is what we've been doing for an intense amount of time. We're going on 16 years next week. No week after next, uh, of doing this show for that long. Uh, when it was started, there was a hiatus in there, but it's, I go by date of start, you know, that's how companies go. So I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Uh, established, established on, yeah. In that year. Uh, so, you know, we, we do this all the time. The high quality audio is available on Comrade. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Tune in radio. Google Podcasts. And one man revolution dot org. 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 <laughs> also, and uh, Google, Google, also Google, Google Podcasts. Podcasts, which doesn't really exist anymore, but you yeah. can find us on Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Excellent application. Actually, you can find us on anything you probably have. You Absolutely. just have to search one man revolution podcast you can ask you your smart us. device to play it as well yes you can and don't ask her to do it because she'll do it right now and it yeah. drives me crazy she plays it's, it off a of tune in radio i said smart device yes oh man all right well i love the fact that we get together every week yet another successful day uh so in closing i'd like to say i'm the revolutionary i'm the comrade i'm the canadian i'm the thespian <laughs> I'm the pragmatist. (laughs) And until next time, fuck Ted Cruz.